Roll it. Gentlemen, thank you for coming tonight. Good to see you. Oh. <laughs> you don't think my cool glasses are cool? <laughs> cool glasses are cool. Actually, I think these are Alina's, so yeah. Oh. They probably look cooler on here. Oh, they are cool then. Yeah, hey, welcome cool. to the men's show, the Awakened Catholic Men's Show. We're glad to have you back here. We're going to talk about coolness tonight. Is being cool a virtue or a vice? It's a weird topic. We're going to yeah. try to unpack it a little bit. Uh, before we get there, go to awakencatholic.org slash donate and become part of the Awakened Nation. Help us bring more truth through beautiful media. Um, there are a lot of cool benefits if you do that as well, become part of that nation. Also, download the, uh, the uh, which app? Not the Awaken app. The Awaken app. The Awaken app.io. I have to do the Hallow app, and that always confuses me. I have two different apps I have to, yeah. to hog on. And here. it's not the Woke app either. But if you go to the Awaken app, you can connect with us and other members of the community, and it's the best way to follow the shows. And importantly this week, in addition to those things, you need to check out the upcoming events with Jason Evert. He's coming to town uh, this week. Uh, it's getting real close here. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered your tickets yet, you need to do that. You can name your own price. That event is May 21st, and it's at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And also the, the very next day in Bowling Green, uh, he's giving uh, a talk, uh, Sex, Love, and Porn, Fighting the War Against Lust and Pornography. That's from one three to 2.30 p.m. at St. Aloysius Church. Uh, two awesome events up here in, in northwestern Ohio. And again, pre-order your tickets to name your price today uh, or $10 at the door. Those are going to be great events. Jason For Hubert's sure. Pretty, pretty a lot cool of cool guy. things going he's on. He's a cool guy. He's he a cool guy. I said that. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just no, said he's a cool he's guy. he's a cool guy. It's just, it's just part of our vocabulary, right? Our culture's but vocabulary. But is he? But is he cool? <laughs> That's really That's what we're going to tackle. That's what we're going to figure about, out. Yeah. What does coolness even mean? Like, what is coolness? It's, just, it's interesting to think about a word like that or a concept like that that is just so ubiquitous. We use it a thousand times a day without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But what does it even mean? It doesn't literally mean cool. Right. So what does it mean? Yeah. On, all right. So the most basic level, right, before, that we probably won't even require much discussion. But yes. basic level, we, use, we, we talk about something being cool. It's just neat. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, sort that's of the, just, just the. That's just generic. You know, like, oh, that's cool. That's you know, cool. That's yeah. neat. Right. Right. You know, just. Yeah. Mildly interesting. What does neat mean? But tidy. Does neat mean tidy? Does neat mean tidy? That's pretty tidy. What is cool? That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's pretty that's tidy. Pretty Yo, tidy dude, right that's there. tidy. That's tidy. Yo, dude. <laughs> no, what, what got me thinking about that's this number of years ago? Um, I love the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. You guys ever read that Calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. comic strip? We got a couple books when we were oh, kids. Man. I might be too young. Yeah, yeah a, you'd recognize yeah, it if you saw it. Yeah. But anyway, Cal- the, the protagonist of the comic strip Calvin, who's got the stuffed tiger Hobbes. This imaginary stuffed tiger. You know, he's a real stuffed tiger, but he's yes. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> and at one cool. point they're talking about coolness, and Hobbes the tiger asks him what what it means to be cool, or what what is coolness. And Calvin said, "Oh, because he's standing against the tree, and he's got mm-hmm. glasses on. You know, and he's just standing there, and he says, when you're cool, the world bores you.'" Mm-hmm. And I got thinking about that. I was like, like, yeah, under underneath the common usage where we just use cool to mean anything, a positive mm-hmm. anything. Um, underneath it was this sense of someone who had this cool attitude to the world. They were cool. It, emotionally, passionately, they were cool toward things. Things didn't upset them. Things didn't excite them. You know, so you think about the, the Fonzie from Happy Days. You know, think about Han Solo. Oh, yeah. Like, their stuff happens, and they play it cool. The Fonz. You know, they're not, they're not uh, unsettled by things, either mm-hmm. in a positive or a negative way. That was kind of this, that's kind of this root of this concept. Um and even there, so that's an interesting notion here that we would we would raise up this this sort of image of of being cool to the world, mm-hmm. you know. 
So, I mean, you present that one idea, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that, yeah. that, that's sort of the, that's the ethos within we're working, you know, the kind yeah. of the world within we're working is that there is something unrelated to the temperature aspect you yes. know, of it, but there are delineations to be made about how we are using that word yes. and what it is exactly that we're referring to mm-hmm. and, and, and what kinds of people that we call cool and therefore whether it's kind of a good term or a bad term, I guess. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean like that, um, we see those, those kind of characters that we, we noted there. Like, so is, is it, is there something virtuous? Is there something good about being sort of unaffected? cool to the world Mm. you know um i mean it strikes me thinking in terms of virtues and vices that you know one of the vices a sloth is precisely this this lack of passion for the good Mm -hmm. you know this this apathy this spiritual apathy in face of something that's good so certainly a coolness that is unimpressed with god that is unimpressed with goodness in others that's unimpressed with holiness that is unimpressed with beauty like that would certainly seem to be a negative thing, right? Mm-hmm. Coolness in that kind of a situation. Well, why would one be? Why would why would one be bored? You know, as you talk about Calvin says, you know, being bored with everything. Yeah. Why would one be bored with everything if not looking at it from a point of superiority yeah. and, a, and kind of looking down on everything? Right. You know, saying right. it's not worthy of my notice or my caring. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's essentially what it comes down to. Right. I mean, yeah. that's why everything would be bored. Yeah, that looking up versus looking down. Like the humble person always looks up, looks up to God, looks up to other people, you know, sees the good in them, sees what's impressive in them, um, sees what's good in themselves too. The humble person is all about reality, but they're able to look Mm -hmm. up. Whereas the person who does not is completely lacking in humility can only look down. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be, at least with some manifestations of this this coolness, that seems Mm -hmm. to be one of the things going on. Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, the term cool, whether you think yourself, you yourself is cool yes. or thinking other people are cool, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like when you have this, yeah, like we were talking about, this kind of carefree, like nothing else in the world is is enlightening, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like if you look at the, <laughs> the font, you know, <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of people thought he was cool, but he also thought he, he like... He, was he knew cool. it. Yeah, and he knew it. Too. There was no thinking about it. Yeah, and I think intentional choice. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between you seeing yourself as cool rather than being humble about it, or seeing other people like, wow, he's like, he's doing something good and he's 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 cool, you know? Because I think of the people that, I, like, either I looked up to, or I think is kind of cool, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, the things that he's doing in his, in his life are cool. He might not think he's cool, but to me that means something. Yeah. Um, but when, when we use it that way though, it's like there's good, you know, right. we say it's neat, it's positive, you yeah. know, and they're saying that in a sense, we're not saying, uh, compared to like other people that you might, that s- some people may look at a person. Yeah. in the life who just, you know, there's like, Oh, there's this, you know, this really crazy thing happened like in school the other day. And they're mm-hmm. just like, whatever, you know, yeah. and they're just, you know, and you're like, guy you know some people may be like wow he's he's so cool about things you know and mm-hmm. it's like well i don't know you know you know it's interesting too i think talking about it in the context here of the of the men's show is that it would seem like there's even a deeper root that maybe maybe that kind of coolness that apathy toward the world is maybe itself sort of a, a, a falling down of something more primordial that actually is maybe um not exclusive to men but maybe natural to men i mean i think it would seem, it would seem that it's a it's a it's a 
was called a perfection of masculinity. When mm-hmm. a man is being who he's supposed to be, mm-hmm. well, what what is he? Well, one of the things that he is, he's someone who can be cool under pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, it's a dangerous situation. Well, he can take charge, he can keep people calm, and he can get the job done. Mm-hmm. That would be an example of coolness in like the exact right context. Right. You know, right. you think of a warrior going into battle. You know, uh, you know these World War II vets going into battle. Um, cool as a cucumber because mm-hmm. they know why they're there and they have experience mm-hmm. and they're determined to get the job done. Like that, there's, it seems like that there are, there are instances that maybe sure. this is a pale imitation of that are uh, virtuous examples. Well, I, this gets back to something that we love to talk about, which is the cardinal virtues, right? Oh yeah. So coolness. Yeah. On, on, on cardinal kind of, virtues are tight. To, oh, sorry. <laughs> tight. Yes. <laughs> Are tight. Gotta, gotta Cardinal virtues are tight. Tidy. We gotta be all those words in. Yeah. Oh man. So the uh, that what we what is commonly maybe a negatively asserted as cool these days in that apathetic way. Yeah. Really, like you know, if you step back, what is that perfection of masculinity? Perhaps that it's that it it has degraded from. Mm-hmm. And one would say, I, I would say that probably the best thing that we could we could say about it is that one's intellect is always the master of one's emotions. Ah, right. right. That's ultimately what the virtues are yeah. coming down to, and right? And prudence that in particular. One's, one's, yeah. one's yeah. faculties mm-hmm. are rightly ordered in oneself. Right. And so now that has degraded into the one basically doesn't have emotions towards things or doesn't have kind of an experience yeah. of caring towards anything or, yeah. you know, is not affected by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just basically makes... You know, one tries to make of oneself a tower, you know, right. to the world. Sort of like um, a stoic. Sort of a like stoic. A, kind of like a stoic. Like a, like a modern stuck up little stoic person. Yeah. I don't know. Not tidy at all, <laughs> Not man. Not tidy. Not tidy. The least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's, I mean, that you can see that that was, so the, the Greeks, the Stoics, that sort of philosophy, there's some positives in it. But it can be kind of come an end of itself of, of merely not feeling emotion, merely being unaffected, being sort of a, a castle, a tower unto yourself. And, you know, again, there's that exhibits some discipline in the sense of you know, your your faculties over your emotions, but it sort of gets wrapped up in itself, too. And so it's um, it's not opening itself up in humility to some greater calling. It's mm-hmm. not ordering those emotions towards something good it's just clamping them down and seeing that as a point of pride mm. yeah. who are the what are the who are the cool kids on campus what are cool kids on campus like these days man well Give the, us the, I, cool, I, the cool the, minority the, report yeah. right here i don't know <laughs> well i think it's it's hard to say because if you ask if you pull somebody off the college campus well, that's what i meant it's just like you pull you pull your average oh person. yeah yeah what's it's yeah. um yeah the guy that just kind of is carefree, um, you know, about college, you know, parties a lot. Mm. Um, does cool, like it's cool, fun things within the college, the college atmosphere, um, kind of holds his own kind of is a little bit like maybe, yeah, stuck up cocky in a sense. Mm. Um, yeah, all these things. <laughs> I feel like if you just pull some random person off the street and like, wow, he's cool, mm. like has a posse, you know, uh. runs around like he owns the place. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess looking at it, if you ask me, I don't mean. Right. Well, well, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, there's where, there's where the difference. Is. Yeah, so, no, exactly. Well, it's but interesting to take though, like a kind of a, yeah. a caricature, like that person, and to say, like, okay, well, what are they looking at in that person that may have become degraded? But what what is it? 
what is it perhaps that they're craving in that person that mm. maybe in its perfection mm. is actually a good thing? Yeah. I think I think the biggest thing is just seeing somebody maybe hold power. Okay. Mm. Holding uh, holding a position of power, maybe it be in a friend group mm. or um yeah, when they walk in the room, like people know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, um and people might say they're cool because they fear what happens if it, they're not cool in a sense. Like if, if they, if they downgrade this person that everybody think is, that mm-hmm. thinks is cool. I think that plays a big role as well. Oh, because the other people's perception of you will go down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, in, yeah, it's interesting how, um, I mean, there's certainly a vanity in, in some of those manifestations of coolness and vanity is interesting because vanity is, is all about, you know, like living in other people's heads. Mm-hmm. So you walk around hyper concerned with what other people think of you. Now, some, and some people that manifest as like being very fussy and worried other people, it's, it's this secret smugness in that. No, I don't even give a crap what you think, yeah. but the but fact really, that yeah. you, th- <laughs> that's all I think about though. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Right. Uh, you know, so there's still like the, this weird uh, upside down vanity in yeah. there. And I mean, if we were to take sort of how we, how we perceive or I see those people portrayed in movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, there, there's a truth in the fact that uh, in a lot of movies where they do really cool kid who's the bad guy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, when the one thing happens to them that kind of breaks their facade for a second, maybe mm-hmm. somebody, you know, like something happens embarrassing and somebody laughs at them or something. It's like, it's like all of that image that's been carefully built up comes crumbling down. Yeah. And it, all of a sudden everyone can see how much they care right. about everybody else's thinking about them. Right, you know? right. But it's, but what is it we crave? You know, what do we, when we look at that, why do we kind of admire somebody like that? And it's because mm-hmm. of that, the thing that it's degraded down from mm-hmm. is the person who is able to, whose identity is solid enough in themselves, who yeah. understand themselves and their identity and their value above and beyond what other people think about them. Right. But that's the type of thing that you can't just, you know, you can't cultivate a facade of. It's something right. that, you know, we know ultimately comes from finding your, knowing so, your identity lives in Christ and your value lives in Christ. So but, try this on precise. So yep. it's almost like this grasping at coolness is grasping at one of the effects of holiness, of virtue yes. without pursuing the virtue. Mm-hmm. So we like, we think about our, our boy here, uh, John Paul too. Our boy. I mean, this guy, I mean, have you seen the pictures with his sunglasses on or climbing up the mountain or fishing? Yeah. Like that guy, I mean, he was so, he was so cool. Was so cool. I mean, many of the saints had this coolness. I mean, you think of a uh, Joan of Arc or one of these, these great saints, you know, being put to death and just staring down their captors, you know, like yeah. they're praying the rosary. The, you old, know, like, the old saints, you know, being put on a, being put on a, a roaster. Lawrence. You know, like, yeah. Like, hey, Lawrence. turn me over. Hey, turn me I'm over. Done I'm done on the side. side. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh man. So there's a, I mean, obviously we're, we're adding sort of a cockiness to it that probably wasn't there, but the, the point is there was, there was a, an authentic coolness, yeah. a, uh, a being unconcerned about bodily damage, a, a not caring what the world thinks because right. I know what Christ thinks of me Ultimately, that comes yeah. as a result of a person who's pursued a virtuous yeah. life. But we want the effect right. without the cause. Right. You know, we want the, we want the appearance of virtue, the effects of virtue on other people without being virtuous. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think authentic is the key word there, authentic, you know, because yeah. at least on a college campus, being authentic, authentic is really hard to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I talk about these people that are, are trying to be cool or people may look at as cool, mm-hmm. being authentic, I don't think is in their, mm-hmm. their ca- character traits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 
uh, being cool, I think the right kind of cool starts mm-hmm. with being authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, being authentically who you are and not being okay with that, whether that's perceived as cool or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, uh, you know, I talked about in a, in a past episode that I talk about all the time, but that, that quote from C.S. Lewis is that, you know, about happiness, not being happiness, being a thing that cannot be achieved by being directly sought. It has to be, yeah. it has to be put as almost a secondary, th- it has to be put as a secondary thing in our life. And then we will find it if it's mm-hmm. put secondary to the service of God for the service of God's sake. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like that when it comes to coolness, you know, where it's like, yeah. as soon as you make that a concern about whether you are cool in other mm-hmm. people's eyes, then you lose the ability to achieve the actual one thing. You're, you lose, you lose the state of mind and the state of being that you need to ch- actually try to s- try to achieve the thing that actually right. would make you really, truly cool. Right. And you if, know? you know, if we broaden it from, from this kind of specific notion of coolness that we've been exploring and just mm-hmm. think of like any of the, the traits, the ways that somebody we admire affect the people around them. Yeah. Again, as you're saying, if we, if we're desiring and pursuing the effect directly, yeah, right. well, you're not going to, you're not going to get it or you're, mm-hmm. you're going to end up with this really inauthentic mm-hmm. husk, you know, yeah. but if you want to, you know, no, but you, but you you imitate them in their virtue, mm-hmm. and you let God take care of the effects of what the, how that impacts people. And you don't even think about that. It's not none of you're not really your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you you pursue the good the good life, the virtuous life. Yeah. You imitate Christ, um, and you don't you don't live in other people's heads. You know. Yep. A priest said something the other day that at first threw me for a loop. Uh-huh. He said, "If you attend mass with the goal of becoming a saint, right, you will never become a saint." And I was like, like, hey, everybody, oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait. Hold on. Whoa, hold <laughs> where are you going with this? Yeah, wait. <laughs> Don't leave. But what I came to understand is what he was saying is that yeah. um, if, you, if, if, you, if you attend Mass, which is ultimately the primary purpose, is the worship of God, mm-hmm. right? If you attend that with the idea of making of yourself something, mm-hmm. then you will never achieve it. Right. If you take, yeah, if you take that relationship with God and you make it first and foremost about gaining something for yourself— before it's just about the worship of God because he deserves it, right. you will not be able to achieve the thing. You cannot desire the effect. You cannot You cannot do the thing desiring only the effect yeah. without the the primary thing remaining thing primary. Yeah. So, yeah. Which makes sense in other relationships, right. human relationships. You know, Absolutely. I, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring flowers to my wife in order to become the husband of the year. Well, I mean, too like, late. I've already ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> no, like you, you have to, you have to do the totally thing burnt. for its own sake. You have to, you have to love the person for their own sake, um, and not for some effect that you're hoping. Especially not some effect in yourself. Absolutely. You know, um, that is the effect of of doing the good thing. And so, mm-hmm. so too with God, we go to worship God because it's right, because it's good, because we owe Him that, because that's that's the great great act of love and response to His loving us into existence. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is that he makes us into who he destined us to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can't put the cart before the horse, you know. So what does it mean to be cool in the <laughs> truest and good best sense? It's 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 from Matthew. Do not worry about what you'll be clothed with tomorrow. Wait, you, Look yeah. at the lilies of the field. You know, they <laughs> neither they neither sow nor spin or other things that Jesus says that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but but Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as these. Not arrayed as one yeah. of these. Not yes. arrayed as one of these. <laughs> you know, I mean, all, just the whole thing is all about you know. Just don't worry. Yeah. I mean, don't worry yeah. about the things of the world. You know, if you if you pursue God first and foremost, then all this stuff will be taken care of. And it's like that. You know, when it comes to that's that's what coolness is. Yeah. You know, coolness is not being apathetic towards things, 
but not worrying about the lesser things yeah. because you know that God will provide for you. When we're talking about worry there, we're, you know, we're thinking in, in sort of typical worldly terms about like being anxious or being busy. Yes. Right. But if we think about it in more, uh, more precisely as like fear, mm-hmm. you know, coolness in the face of danger, mm. you know, then that, that shows us too. It's not just a, a it's not just about not being afraid of things. It's about right. our fear of God casting out fear of everything else. Mm. You know, a, a holy fear of God uh, casts mm. out the need to worry about anything else. Like, what, if I'm if I if I truly fear God, in other words, I see Him for who He is. Mm-hmm. I respect Him for who He is. You know, I I, I regard Him rightly. Mm-hmm. Then what else have I to fear? You know, yeah. nothing can take me out of His hands. Nothing can. Nothing else could be more important than. That, than the relationship with God, and so that 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 holy fear. There's one. There is one being in the whole universe. I must. I must certainly not. I must start by not being cool about. You know, I must have a holy fear of God, mm-hmm. and then that will rightly order, rightly condition my relationship with everything else. You know, man. I remember going through college um, at Franciscan, and um, like I remember. Not the day per se, but I remember the relationship that changed the way that I saw what it meant to be cool. <laughs> I remember the guy, and I almost remember one of the conversations that I had that changed it for me. And uh, it wasn't like, I mean, it was an incremental thing in the sense that I was like very much trying to pursue God at the time. I saw him as like the most important thing in my life and everything. But I hadn't, but it was still like I sort of had a sense for like these really holy guys that I knew were cool, but... I remember this conversation I had with him when he was talking about how he was in this, uh, this like grocery store and he, or uh, it was like an album shop or something like that. And he happened over here, these two girls talking about like the different guys in their life and how they're, you know, like, oh, this one dude, you know, did this and everything. And they're just talking about just this very stuff and uh, the very kind of plain worldly stuff, you know, with these relationships with these guys in their life. And uh, he just kind of felt this call of the Holy Spirit to like say something to him. And so, like, he's just like, I have no idea what, you know, I don't know how this is going to go down or whatever. So he just kind of went over and he started talking to him. And he just said, like, you know, he just started talking to him about, about basically, like, you know, ladies, like, God has so much more, like, that he wants to give you than this. And it ended up turning really great. And they just kind of sat down and just conversed forever. But I was saying about, man, I was like, as I was, he was telling me about this, I was just like, and he did, he just said it without any sort of self-aggrandizement at all. I mean, just really classic coolness. But as he was talking, you know, basically kind of came up that the same, that same powerful sort of like desire to be like this cool person was transferred from these people who I just sort of saw as apathetic in life to these to him and seeing that it really wasn't about being apathetic for him. It was just about basically placing kind of his fear of being shunned or talked bad about or whatever, mm-hmm. just at the service of the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, like between Matt, you, I'm sure you guys have had that experience too. Yeah. And I'd be interested if you can think back on like a experience mm-hmm. that helped transfer that for you. Um, I know that's a lot to ask in a second, but um, yeah, I have a real bad memory. I know there, we've got a handful of priests. So, okay. You can say it was me. It's fine. We, I was going to say we have a handful of priests <laughs> no, in our diocese and uh, present company, not excluded that I feel, it's you excluded. know, uh, I, I have encountered it and yeah, their, their holiness, their commitment, um, uh, yet it really has impacted my sense of like what is like attractive and admirable in a in a in a fellow man. Um, you know, it makes me the way you were describing it makes me think of uh, Dick Cassad's abandonment to divine providence. Mm-hmm. There's this this sort of yeah, you can roll with whatever, and you see that in certain people. Just a, a real 
a real deep peace uh, mm. and confidence, but it's not self-confidence, you know, or at least it doesn't come from the self, mm-hmm. you know, this real peace and confidence that comes of, again from that holy fear of God. Mm. And then, so they're able to go out in the world with with a peace and a calm and a confidence that I just can't muster. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely uh, a number of priests that I've met and known have mm-hmm. had that impression on me. Yeah, I. I mean, I, there's a lot of great men in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's such a blessing. I, I mean, know. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh, it is so much. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the, just the overall characteristic that they have is almost like putting themselves in positions that almost degrade themselves for the good of the others, you know? Like being a, yeah, I think they called it being a fool for Christ when I was in college. I don't know if that's, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, and just mustering up, especially because of the societal norm of having a self image. Yeah. things like that and being so important and especially in today's life um sacrificing that just f- for for the good of others i think is just so like amazing mm-hmm. you know and there's a i mean from the people that i look up to um a number of priests a number of spiritual mentors you know that i think it's an overarching characteristic that they just go out of their way to yeah ju- just put themselves in positions where others are are more important mm-hmm. um and yeah that's just so cool to me <laughs> just in the sense of this these is all these societal norms that they could fall into um and from a lot of people's perspective could make them look cool mm-hmm. but they sacrifice that for for the lord and for what's right, right. you know and they just it reminds me of lewis uh, c.s lewis one of his quotes about humility is humility is not thinking less of yourself yeah but thinking of yourself less and so that even those 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 guys you're talking about it's not that they're they're denigrating themselves no they're just they're not thinking about themselves right they're thinking about you when they're with you yeah. they're thinking they're looking at you yeah and absolutely. you feel like the coolest person in the room but you feel interesting you you feel god's love yeah because they 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 just they, they're not walking around thinking of themselves like the, the prototypical cool mm. person does. They're thinking about their Lord and they're yeah. thinking about the people around them. The, uh, the guy, sorry, uh, the guy who I was thinking about, I was talking mm. about, he, he was like my mentor for uh, a good bit of college, but he gave me this practice to do. This guy's actually about to become a priest, which is kind of neat. He joined seminary nice. right after me, and so very, cool. very excited yeah. for him to become a priest. But he gave me this practice, this exercise to do, and uh, he was said, you need to count the number of times that in a conversation with somebody else throughout this day, you bring it, bring the conversation back to yourself. So count the number of times you say I or me throughout the day. And what I started to realize, yeah, was exactly what you were talking about is that sometimes it would be about, you know, just sort of giving like an example from my life or something or something. Sometimes even it would be the kind of the temptation of that false humility of sort of just bring it back and denigrating myself, you know, say like, Oh, I'm making myself lower and stuff. But it was like every time it was just, and it wasn't that like it was always wrong to use the the I or me or to right. talk about myself. It's not that that. But what I re- began to recognize was how many times in conversations where I'm like listening to this person, but I'm just thinking of the next way I can bring it back around to myself somehow or other. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I was like, gosh. But. I'm not much, but uh, I'm kind of all I think about. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, thank you for this conversation about coolness. Thank you for uh, being here, gentlemen. 
Um, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed this conversation. hope you'll join us again next time. Uh, I want to remind you again, as I did at the beginning, that if you go to awakencatholic.org slash donate, you can become part of the Awaken Nation, help make this mission happen. Also download the app at theawakenapp.io. And don't forget about those Jason Everett events. I mean, that guy is quite cool. He's cool. In, in the best senses of the world. Cool. There's going to be a couple great talks, Why Be Catholic, and then a talk on, on uh, human sexuality, pornography, sex, all kinds of good stuff there. And so uh, that's on May 21st, and then the next event is May 22nd. You can pre-order the, the uh, tickets here at awakencatholic.org. And if you pre-order, I think you get to name your price. That was the word that was going around. So check that out. Tickets are $10 at the door. It's going to be a great event, uh, and it supports a great mission. So thank you for that. Thank you again. We'll see you next time on the Awakened Catholic Men Show. This show and all media on Awakened Catholic is made possible by the Awakened Nation and the Hollow app. The Awakened Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.